Hello and welcome to episode 18 of Jumpcast, the podcast from the award-winning team behind Jumpcut Online. My name is Sarah, I'm your host for today and I am joined today by Lucy. Hi, how are you doing? Very, very well, thank you. And it is just the two of us today, but that's okay. Um, we're still going to have um, a great chat and we're going to be talking all things uh, Onward, which is the latest Disney Pixar film, uh, plus some news and other bits. And yeah, it's uh, hopefully going to be a good one. So kicking off with some news. Um, we were we were scrabbling around a little bit to find a second piece of news for us to <laughs> talk about this week, and um, one thing that caught my eye is um, a Disney Plus series. So the UK is now uh, just a couple of weeks away from getting Disney Plus, uh, which we're all very excited about. But um, it is apparently uh, something in the works is there will be a Beauty and the Beast spin-off series, uh, which is going to be a prequel looking at the relationship between Gaston and LeFou. Now, Lucy, clearly this is the series we've all been wanting, right? Oh, totally, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, man. <laughs> yeah, when I saw this, I was like, yeah, I was like, this is a this is a thing that's happening. Um, I guess I don't know. Uh, short of ideas on Disney Plus, or is this is could this be any good? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's an interesting idea. I mean, I'll give it that. I just don't know how successful it'll be. Like, do people actually care? You know, that's the big question. <laughs> do people want yeah. to see this? Because I'm not sure I do personally. No, me neither. And I, what did you think of the the Beauty and the Beast? film did you like it at all the most recent one yeah it was all right <laughs> it's never gonna be the classic obviously but it was it was all right for what it was yeah yeah i i love the original animated one and i thought the the new kind of live action version was fine to to not great like i thought that there was some miscasting in it and they're actually like the two of the better characters in it I thought were Gaston and LeFou so I mean maybe this is this will be great I don't know I'm hearing rumors that there will actually be songs in it so we could get some original songs and um I don't know I mean I love a musical so maybe maybe it'll be okay but um yeah I think I, I think it's early days um for this at the moment I don't know any more details um other than that so yeah i guess i guess we'll wait and see and one uh just if this is disney finally giving us uh the gay love story that we deserve uh between gaston and lefou then i'm all for it because that was that was certainly hinted at in the last film and a lot of people kind of were like disney could have done more of that but maybe they yeah maybe they're saving it for disney plus but they go down that angle i'll i could be on board <laughs> yeah no i mean that that would that would be a good story though right like that would actually have some substance to it so like an unrequited love story type of thing like the foo is desperately in love with gaston but gaston is just a chauvinistic pig who just wants the prettiest girl in town i'd i'd, I'd watch that i can be convinced about this now actually <laughs> yeah you've just sold it to me so yeah <laughs> gay love story disney we're all on board <laughs> Um, <laughs> other news for this week um, 
at time of recording this uh dropped today but um when you're listening to this this will be about a week out of date but the new trailer or the final trailer i should say for um black widow which is i believe coming out in may and this is of course finally uh, a spin-off film for the scarlett johansson character in the marvel universe and um yeah i i thought the trailer was really good actually i have i think i avoided the other trailers or i just hadn't seen them because i don't know post post end game i just had like a little bit of marvel fatigue so i was just you know happy to kind of wait for whatever the next one was going to be but wasn't really getting myself too excited about it um but then obviously in preparation for recording this i watched the trailer and i think it looks great and florence Pugh, absolutely I'm here for that. (laughs) Yeah, me too. I think, you know, I mean, a lot of people, anyone who knows me knows that I'm not really on the sort of Marvel hype train, but I feel like this actually looks really, really good. Um, And I feel like, you know, I I do love Black Widow as a character, so it's cool to finally see her getting some, you know, significant airtime. And also Florence Pugh just looks fucking badass, so I'm like, I'm so excited about that. (laughs) Can't wait. I'm just... What a what a power trio of Scarlett Johansson, Florence Pugh, and Rachel Weisz. I oh my yes, I almost forgot about her. Oh my god, yes. I don't. I I I wouldn't care what film they were in or what it was about. I would watch those three. <laughs> but it kind of um, looks like it has a bit of like an espionage style to it as well, and I think that could be quite cool to see what they do with that. And um, yeah, it, it this film kind of feels like it's about five years too late. Um, with this character i mean fans i'm a a bit more kind of invested in the marvel universe i think than you lucy but fans (laughs) fans have been calling for this film for quite a while and i don't know what marvel's reasons for not giving black widow a solo film were before but given the outcome of that character in the i mean it's been almost a year since endgame came out so i feel like it's okay to spoil it um but that character is no longer alive so clearly this film is a prequel and it does make that very clear that this is kind of before black widow becomes part of the avengers but it does i i see people's point that it does kind of lower the stakes of of those of you know say a a character dies in a film and then it's like it's okay we can just bring them back you'll see them again but it's you know in a prequel or or whatever and yeah, I don't know. What are you, what are your kind of thoughts on on that aspect of it? So, you know, obviously knowing what happens to this character, do you think seeing seeing that character again on the big screen is weird or I'm not sure. I think maybe now's just the right time because I think we've had such a success with like, you know, female fronted superhero movies most recently, you know, obviously we had Birds of Prey and we had Captain Marvel, which I actually enjoyed both of those as well. Um even as someone who's not like massively into the law, I really enjoyed it. So maybe it's just time, maybe it's just time for her to just finally get a story about that's just her and about, you know, her kicking ass. I think it's I think it's time. <laughs> it's it's a very good point though. It's like I mean back when that character was first introduced in the Marvel series, she was part of kind of the Iron Man films, then obviously the Avengers films later, but now there's we've had like you said, you know, we've had Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel and Birds of Prey. So female fronted superhero films, they there seems obviously there's more of them and that's great and we're absolutely here for it so maybe that they've just you know realized now is kind of the right time to 
to give us that character and certainly as fans have been waiting for it for so long it feels like the anticipation is like really building for this one so yeah I'm, I'm keen to see this film and I think it will be helpful for you know people such as yourself who like the films but aren't super super invested in it um, this looks quite separate to the rest of it obviously taking place before she becomes an Avenger it's kind of like you can watch it and not feel like you need to know everything about all the other films great for people like me <laughs> so I'm absolutely yeah. here for that you know I feel like every now and then a superhero film comes along that I'm like really into and I feel like this might be the one for me which is pretty exciting so I'm ready for it yeah I, I'm, I'm definitely ready for this and yeah I think it's it's got that kind of similar vibe to Captain Marvel which again was a film that felt like it could stand on its own because it was very much kind of going going back to the origins of that character so yeah they proved they can do it well so i yeah i mean i'll go and watch i'll go and watch anything marvel related at the cinema but <laughs> certainly very keen for this one and just more florence Pugh in everything <laughs> okay so on to our um main review for today um which is the latest disney pixar film which is onward so the story is uh, set in a suburban fantasy world two teenage elf brothers embark on a quest to discover if there is still magic out there this film is directed by Dan Scanlon it is written by Dan Scanlon Jason Headley and Keith Bunin and it stars the voice talents of Tom Holland Chris Pratt uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus Octavia Spencer Mel Rodriguez and plenty more um so for me a, a pixar film is always gonna be the highlight of my year it's i there's only a handful that i really don't like and i was looking forward to this one but i have to admit the trailers didn't really sell it for me um but we'll get into my thoughts um on the film in a little bit uh lucy what did you think of onward I think we're going to be on a similar wavelength here because when I saw the trailer and I, I read the synopsis, I wasn't entirely sold, to be honest. You know, I just thought, oh, it looks all right. You know, it's got a good cast attached to it. It looks like a decent family film. And I was actually blown away by it. You know, especially that second and third act. I mean, oh my God. You know, when I found out where it was actually going, I was like, oh, here come the tears. They are coming. You know, it was, it was one of those. <laughs> And, you know, Pixar's got such a reputation for, like, bringing audiences to tears, and I wasn't expecting it here, so I was kind of almost blindsided by it. And if it hadn't been for people on Twitter being like, oh, I was really upset, I probably would have, you know, <laughs> not anticipated that at all. I mean, I had a little inkling, but I didn't expect me to, like, be in absolute floods of tears like I was. It was pretty embarrassing. <laughs> like, but I really enjoyed it, though. I mean, if a film can make me cry, like, famously, I... I love it. <laughs> but, you know, I think I've yeah. cried at most films this year, which is pretty bad. But, no, I think it was just such an emotional roller coaster. You know, the, the story, the, the dynamics, everything was just really, really impressive, honestly. Yeah, I, I think we're on similar, um, yeah, definitely on a similar wavelength here. It didn't make me cry, which I was actually quite surprised about. I know, I'm, I, I'm a big crier in films as well. Like, the, I would say the, the, the top kind of Pixar films for making me cry is Inside Out and Toy Story 3. I cannot get through either of those without just being a sobbing mess. Um, and this this film, it touched me in another way, which I, I guess I'll get into a little bit later on, but it didn't give me that kind of like 
full-on like tears streaming ugly crying moment and I kind of wish I'd had that a little bit but then when I sat and thought about it I did kind of connect with it in lots of other ways and perhaps not in the the most obvious ways and maybe not even in the way that the film wants you to connect with it I don't know but yeah it definitely surprised me and um, I should mention spoiler warning uh, for this because we'll 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 get into kind of all the things that happen um, in the film. But yeah, it really it surprised me with how funny it was. And I know that seems strange to say because Pixar films are generally pretty humorous. And but this one is quite it's quite zany. It's quite different humor, but um, it really made me chuckle and there's certain bits in it that I keep thinking about now and they still make me laugh um I'm thinking particularly the um the cop that's like a what I don't know what the creature is but it's like half man half horse centaur yeah (laughs) a centaur that's it and just that character just makes me die I just have to think of his face and it just makes me crack up I know what you mean. Uh, There's a lot, of, the, lot of visual gags in it, actually. Yeah, and that was one of the the things that I really liked about it. Actually, was that it's one of those films where I feel like I need to see it again because there's lots of kind of clever background gags and signs and things written or you know advertising billboards and stuff like that that you know there's you know there's a joke in there you know there's another layer but it all quite, it all happens quite quickly and it's quite sort of fast paced and because it is that you know adventure quest story that i there are a lot of those things that i feel like just pass me by so i am looking forward to seeing it again to kind of look at all the things i missed but um yeah i the first bit the where it was sort of it, it took a little while to find its feet i felt um but like you said, the kind of second and third act in particular, the third act even more in particular, um, really, really did it for me. But um, I thought it took a little while to find its footing. It felt a bit uneasy to start with. I didn't know if you had the same experience. Yeah, to be honest, I did. I felt like it was going to be utterly predictable. You know, you had like the the you know shy awkward protagonist and his really annoying brother and like overbearing mum and it just all felt a bit sort of like oh I've seen this before whatever you know it just felt a bit sort of like it took a while to get going I think but then when it did I was pleasantly surprised honestly like once they got to the point where they were actually on the quest you know we'll get into this but that was the point where I started to get quite interested in what was going on um yeah like the intro and stuff i was kind of like okay this seems quite nice and wholesome you know this is quite a nice little intro or whatever but it, i didn't i wasn't engaged immediately which is a shame but i felt like it really did redeem itself which was a good thing for me yeah i yeah i completely agree and the even the humor to start with i felt a bit kind of like i don't know if i'm if i'm loving this and i wasn't kind of laughing that much in the beginning I was sort of settling into the world but um something I did really like from the start was the concept and I think that in terms of the world building that was they played really well into that and I guess the concept is that uh you know would take take that sort of like magical magical times of creatures and quests and dragons and all that sort of thing um and the world still kind of evolves around that to the point where, you know, they have cars and they have jobs and 
mobile phones and that sort of thing but this magic kind of still exists it's just that they there's quite a funny sort of montage early on when you know uh, what am i trying to say like they you know invent fire or whatever and then someone is shows them switch on like a gas cooker or like a light bulb that they used to you know create light with magic and that sort of thing i thought that was quite clever and i think it did a really good job of establishing what the world was early on so i felt like straight away even though it took a little while for me to kind of care about the characters and the story i think in terms of world building it did a really good job like from the start yeah definitely the concept from the start was like that was pretty unique in the sense of you know we've moved on now and everyone's you know using their phones and people don't even use their wings anymore you know it's, it's kind of almost it's like sad isn't it like, like the world's like moved on but it's still there and they're just not aware of it you know no one uses yeah. their magic anymore and it was kind of bittersweet almost because you were like it's so cool that you know you've got this lovely like little town and all this stuff going on but it just doesn't have the you know the the magic that they used to have and that's almost like and you know it's going to come back but you, you kind of sit there and you're like oh that's quite sad actually um yeah. that yeah. was nice but it did take a while to sort of get past that point um but that was that's not really a criticism that's just more of a you know a testament to how good the second two acts were compared to the first i think definitely yeah and i think obviously it the story or the kind of the quest starts really when they um the younger son which is who is voiced by tom holland i believe um is uh, it's his birthday and he's given this kind of magical uh staff which is from his dad so his dad passed away um I believe before he was born so he never got to know him and um yeah then on his birthday he's kind of given this given this gift from his dad um and with that gift is a spell which will bring him back for a day um and then because of I don't really know the reasons not doing the spell right um they are only able to bring back uh the lower half of um their dad so he's just a pair of trousers which is a visual gag that i actually never got tired of because i just felt like it was one of those things where it's like i mean good old pixar is i don't know how they're able to do it like make a, a pair of trousers display emotion and make you feel things for a pair of trousers <laughs> it was funny because it just reminded me of quop like the whole time you know when he was yeah. trying to like <laughs> move around it was just it was so clever and i feel like <laughs> they've done this before you know with things that, that can't speak like kevin and up you know i love kevin yeah. <laughs> you know just this sort of goofy like sort of like you know bumbling idiot sort of character and um, they're really good at doing that and i felt like the, the legs of the dad were very much reminiscent of that I loved it. Yeah, and then obviously, like they kind of they realize it's a bit strange, like talking to a pair of trousers. So they uh, kind of fashion like a a body for him. And again, there's some like really great kind of like visual gags where um, it obviously looks like the that that person is kind of you know giving them a bit of attitude or something, just kind of like giving like a withering look with sunglasses on. But obviously, we know that there is you know there is no body behind that but it's just yeah it's one of those things that's quite uh, hard to describe and i realize i probably sound like a crazy person now talking about an emotive pair of trousers um but <laughs> but yeah you're you're right they they really have a knack for kind of making you feel empathy or just making you feel for a, a character in really unexpected ways and there's a really kind of lovely touch with the 
um, because obviously as a pair of trousers, you don't have eyes. So um, the way he was able to communicate was kind of like tapping his foot or he would like feel around with his foot to see if they were there. And um, there's a really lovely scene later on where they kind of dance together. And there's just little moments like that where it's you, you really got a sense of their relationship um, and... It was just I just thought it was really beautifully done, like really well executed. Yeah, definitely. And it's it's funny because I I must admit the first time I saw where this was going and it was like half a body, I was kind of thinking, this is either gonna be really well done or it's just gonna completely flop. And I was nervous that it would just get, you know, boring quite quickly and you'd be like, We get it, it's a pair of legs, whatever, but it didn't, like you said. Like it managed yeah. to sort of keep up the the humour, the emotion, just, you know. All of it. And I mean, well done, because how do you make legs have any emotion? I, I don't really understand that, to be honest. But And I think like it's it, you realise quite early on that the... Because if it was just one brother, say, and the trousers going on an adventure, it really would lose its way quite quickly because you do need that kind of... You need that chalk and cheese. You need that other person to bounce off. And I think that around the midway point, you realise, oh, actually, this is... A film about the the two brothers it's about their relationship rather than that kind of father-son relationship and I felt that that was the probably the strongest thing about the film for me because I was struggling to think of an, another film that kind of shows that sibling relationship or that you know brotherly relationship so well and yeah this uh, they are complete opposites in many ways and like you said earlier you know it's the sort of like cliche of kind of like you know the shy awkward brother and then the kind of you know overconfident kind of slightly annoying one and you know they go on this adventure and of course they you know they they learn to like each other by the end but something about the way that they kind of took that relationship and then made that part of the quest as well i thought was one of the real strengths of the film and made it so endearing and there was excitement and tension and all the rest of it and all the things that you would expect with a quest but really you could take that element out of it and it was about these two brothers realizing how much they needed each other and i loved that yeah no i think that that was the moment and i felt like it was clever you know he was throughout the film he had his checklist of things he wanted to do or things that you know the goals that he had and then when it came to that like crescendo of realising he'd done all of these things already and he just managed to appreciate them while he was on this quest with his brother and he's like, do you know what I've done? I've done all these like, you know, nice family things with you. That's when I lost it. <laughs> because I was going to say, is that yeah. the moment you cried? <laughs> because I, yeah, because I was like, I don't know, it, it hadn't dawned on me that that's what they were going for and that's quite clever because sometimes with quests it can be quite predictable like yes you have an end goal but there are lots of little things that are going on between that and I didn't notice they were building up to put a complete like you know uh, list together and I was like that is so clever um and yeah that, that was the bit that got me like mainly <laughs> um again Pixar with their like emotional mont montages curse them <laughs> but yeah it was <laughs> that was that was brilliant I thought you know the character development and the way that they actually brought them together and you know sort of made the audience aware of you know even we'd missed their relationship I thought that was so clever um really emotional <laughs> I was surprised that I didn't cry like that that to be honest it gave me a little like lump in my throat but I wasn't um 
I, I wasn't able to, you know, <laughs> fully kind of uh, express, express that and cry. But um, yeah, it was, I thought that was a really lovely moment. And like you said, you know, very clever, but it didn't sort of feel like it was knowingly clever. It was like, if when he kind of went through and like, you know, ticked off all the things and realized that he had done them all and he'd done them with his brother, I just thought, oh, that's so perfect. That's so perfect for these characters. And early on, you sort of think, oh, maybe this is going to be a story about, you know, two brothers and them getting to spend, you know, time with their dad, their dad that they lost or whatever. But it's actually about them spending time together. And I just thought that was really beautifully done. And there wasn't that kind of big emotional scene where they kind of you know spoke to each other and he told his brother about how much he you know he meant to him and everything you sort of get that a little bit later on but I just really liked that it was quite simple wasn't it it was just him sitting by himself with his list and just kind of looking back and thinking yeah you know I I may not have done all those things with my dad but I did all those things with my brother and and that was really special um and yeah I just I I really loved those two characters relationship and this was the the thing that kind of got me I guess was that um I've got a I've got a really really good relationship with uh, my brother he like through my childhood was like my best friend and so it just really made me appreciate our relationship as well and I'm gonna make him listen to this so he can hear all the nice things I'm saying about him because <laughs> si sisters aren't sisters aren't usually this nice about their brothers but yeah this film like reminded me of like of how much I appreciate him and it kind of made me think about all the like the good times and stuff we had had like growing up and I just thought that was really lovely it was not what I was expecting to get out of this film at all and I think to to take to even though it is a film about brothers it's like I have a brother so it doesn't matter that I'm a woman it's you know I still I still have that relationship with my brother um and yeah I just I thought that was really great and I and when you think a film is going to be about that kind of that father-son relationship and then it isn't um I felt that kind of like switch was was really really well done and um yeah it's good old Pixar as well for just being able to deal with kind of those really difficult themes it deals with it death and it deals with loss but in a really really sensitive way and I thought that was really well handled yeah definitely and I think it was nice to see sort of like a positive like stepfather figure as well because you don't often get that and I felt like you know yes they took the mick out of them and yes they were like oh you're a policeman whatever but I think that he really did care about them and it yeah. was nice that yeah, yeah the, you had that chase sequence when he was trying to bring them back but I don't think it was malicious I think it was actually quite a nice thing on his part and I thought he was just trying to do what was best you know for the kids and for their mum who he clearly really cared about and it's a very difficult position to be in a step parent you know because it's difficult especially when you're teenagers like you know you you might lash out yeah. at them because like, you're not my dad you know it's like and it was interesting how they, they portrayed that I thought it was really respectful I really liked that part yeah and I, I, I want to give a shout out to the mum character as well because I think she may be my favorite character I loved her she was I, I like seen some kind of criticism that the the mum didn't really kind of get her didn't really get the credit for the role that she'd had in obviously raising these two boys kind of without um without the dad there but I think that 
how she acted in the film was I think that made up for that like the you could just see that she would do absolutely anything for her boys and I just I loved her I would happily watch a spin-off film with like her and the manticore like going off on adventures oh that was great because <laughs> yes we haven't actually talked about them yet because it was like you had the sort of um juxtaposition of like one car and then the other car didn't you <laughs> and then they yeah. were kind of like you know they had their own sort of duo storyline as well it was it was really cool um and that final scene that final big fight scene with the dragon was just iconic really you know she was I giving it her all I was like yes <laughs> was it she says like when she like puts the sword in and she's like I am a goddess or something and I was like yes you are <laughs> I think that was another good visual gag now I think about it the <laughs> You know, they, they had this big dramatic thing about, oh, there's going to be this curse and there's this big gem and, you know, once you unleash it, the dragon will come out. And you had this big dragon and it had, like, the mascot's face from the school and it was the <laughs> least threatening thing ever. And I just lost it because I thought it was so funny. <laughs> like, this build up to this big that. dragon and it was like, oh, a happy, smiley dragon. And you're like, oh, yeah, well. <laughs> but yeah. it just worked. It was just so funny. <laughs> That was one of the bits, actually, that I, when I, because I, I only saw the film yesterday, so when I've thought about it today, that's one of the things that I've remembered, and it really makes me laugh every time I think about it. There's just that kind of, like, great, like, pause moment where the, the dragon goes to turn around, and you're like, oh my goodness, it's going to be this, like, ferocious dragon, and then it's got this, like, happy little face. <laughs> oh, it's so great. And I did not realise until I looked up the cast list that, um... It is Octavia Spencer who is the voice of the Manticore, and I loved that character. <laughs> and I, I loved that um, there were some great kind of visual gags in that sequence as well, when they kind of go to the, it's like the Manticore's tavern or something, and they're building it up like this is, this is like the start of the quest. It's going to be the place that we kind of get the get the map, and we you know meet this like fearsome beast who will send us on our way, and then it's like a family restaurant where they're singing like happy birthday to be <laughs> to these kids who are just running around and there's like someone in like a suit when i think about it in kind of the the ranking of my of the pixar films it's kind of i can't put it any higher than like middle tier but then when i looked at my ratings i think from like 15 upwards they're all kind of like four stars and over and slight spoiler for my star rating for onward but yeah it's it sits kind of like firmly in that bracket and there's only a couple of pixar films that i kind of rate lower than that and i would say only about two or three that i actively dislike um so i don't it's it's not necessarily like a criticism to sort of say like oh it's like middle tier pixar like it's still great there's still moments in it like we've spoken about that are, are really really funny and really touching but it's just I don't I don't quite know what it was lacking for me to kind of push it into that that kind of upper upper tier but was there was there anything about the film that you kind of didn't like as much or anything that sort of stopped it from maybe taking yeah, that I think edge? I totally agree it's definitely mid-tier and that's that's not an insult it's just that it didn't do anything to push it above you know its predecessors um you know when, when you look at like, the the big ones like you know toy story and up and stuff it could never overtake those um and i'm not sure if that's just because they're classics or because you know they were just fundamentally better but i think in terms of on what i i do think i wish the first act had been a bit smoother and a bit less sort of like <sighs> some of the jokes just didn't connect with me um and there was a lot of just like very like 
I don't want to insult like you know the American audience, but a lot of American jokes I may not have got. You, do you know what I mean? Like it's just that it just didn't yeah. work for a while, and then yeah, I do wish the mum had a bit more airtime as well. To be honest, now I think about it, um, but you know their journey and like obviously the quest itself, I can't really fault. To be honest. Yeah, I'm with you. I think like the in terms of like the main quest, the main storyline, and the main relationship between the two brothers, I think is as good as any of the kind of upper tier Pixar films. But yeah, it's it's slightly kind of shaky opening, and there were a couple of jokes that just didn't work. And I want to kind of address the slight elephant in the room as well, which is the representation of queer characters. Um, which is an issue that uh, Disney seems to be having. A lot of films seem to be having this. It sort of came up in uh, the last Star Wars film as well, where it's you give us a kind of either like a, a blink and you miss it, uh, you know, reference to, to, you know, someone having a same sex partner or there's kind of like a very brief like same sex kiss or something like that. But it's it seems to me and maybe this is just my cynical mind but it's all there to kind of like have those clickbait articles beforehand where it's like uh latest disney pixar film has first like openly queer character and it's like it gets people being like oh okay great representation and then you actually see it in the film or barely see it um and in the case of Onward, it was uh, there was a female cop character, and uh, when she, I think she confronts the the two brothers, and they're kind of in disguise at that point, and she's sort of saying about uh, how she's like raising her girlfriend's daughter, and that is it, and that is like the only mention of it, and it's on the one hand, it's like okay it's great that it's not made into kind of like a big thing, but also it just feels like a little bit of a cop-out, pardon the pun, in on Disney's part, on Disney's part. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard because I don't, I don't know if this is ever going to change. And the day that kind of Disney give us, you know, an openly and, you know, proudly queer character in one of their films, you can bet that they'll, there'll be uproar from those certain corners of the internet and it's just it's a bit of a I don't know yeah if you had any thoughts on that I'm completely with you and I think you know hearing you say all that and it's a shame that I didn't bring it up when you asked me because I think it's because it was such a throwaway moment you know yeah I almost forgot it happened and I think that is such a shame because Disney have such a platform to deliver such positive messages about the community and they're just not using that and it's a shame because it doesn't have to be anything crude or gratuitous. It just has to be a nice positive message. And it's either have someone who's three-dimensional or just don't do it at all, you know? I just yeah. th- These throwaway moments that, again, went completely over my head until you brought the conversation that way. It's just, it's such a shame. Like, I had forgotten that moment. I really had. And it's just, you know, it's really sad to see. Um, yeah. And there's still controversy around it for that one tiny little moment. And it's like, that is not worth it, guys. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. And it's it's just like, like you said, you just kind of want that rather than that. It feels like a box tick. Do you know what I mean? It's like we've put a we've put a, a queer character in like, oh, she's made a reference to her girlfriend. Like, great. Tick the box. There we are. You know, we've we've represented that 
that group and it's like have you though and I know like so uh, you know some people will argue like representation is better than no representation and completely agree with that but I just I don't know I think because Disney have got a bit of a history with this I feel like it's it's like how many kind of more cop-outs can they have? And I know we joked earlier about the like Gaston and LeFou series being like this beautiful gay love story. But I mean, I would watch that. And <laughs> I feel like, like, you know, it doesn't need to be really kind of like over the top and, you know, too crass or anything like that or anything that's going to offend people. It just needs to be good and proper representation of a character like we said that feels well-rounded that has an arc that isn't just a kind of side character that makes like a, a passing blink and you'll miss it reference to to their girlfriend yeah oh i didn't want to take this down too much of a negative uh, <laughs> negative turn but yeah i <laughs> i think that yeah like we said it's it's not the kind of it's not the best Pixar film, but it's certainly not the worst. And I think that we kind of mentioned earlier, it is the sort of film that will benefit from a repeat watch. And I want to see it again just because I feel like there's so many jokes that I missed, and that makes me sad. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I just feel like it's it is an important story as well, and it is an important message for for any age really to kind of appreciate, you know the family you do have if, if they're kind to you of course but like you know if you do have the family yeah, around yeah. you don't don't push them away because you know the things you want might be right in front of you the whole time you know we are guilty of, of pushing family away when we're grieving but you know if they are there to support you then you should let them and I think that's a really important I, message definitely and I one moment that I really it was such a, a subtle moment but um right towards the end where obviously the the character of Ian is kind of the main the main character and the whole film we kind of you know he's the one who wants to see their dad because he never got that chance he never he doesn't have any memories of him he never met him or you know if he did it was you know very very early on in his life and the whole film is about him kind of getting to that point where he gets to spend that one day with his dad and he's sort of he's got like a a ticking clock on his watch that is you know counting down how many hours he has left and the whole quest is about you know making sure that he can bring his dad back in time to spend some time with him and then right at the end obviously as he kind of gets to a place where he is perhaps a bit more understanding of his brother he decides to sacrifice that moment to him and rather than giving himself the opportunity to meet his dad or you know say hello to his dad he gives his brother the opportunity to say goodbye to his dad and that even just thinking about that is actually making me it's making me want to cry now because it's just such a lovely just such a lovely thought and I loved the way that you didn't you know it was him kind of watching from a distance as well you didn't even get to hear that conversation between the older brother and his dad it was just like a very private moment and i thought that was so beautifully done yeah it's remarkable actually because you never hear the dad speak but that moment when you're observing them on the cliff you kind of again that made me cry you know it's just something that you want to witness and something that you're kind of like oh what a lovely moment how selfless you know what you you know you, you did that for your brother this whole time you know he kind of made it about him you know he was always looking at his watch and 
you know, I'm not trying to say that he was selfish, but it was always like, I want to see my dad, I want to see my dad. And then it was suddenly about his brother. Really beautifully done. Yeah, I really liked that bit. Yeah, and it's, because um, I think there was an earlier point where the brother sort of let slip about his kind of uh, fourth memory of, of the dad or whatever. And the only reason why he didn't talk about that one was because it wasn't a very nice one. And that was when his dad was obviously ill and he, you know, went to say goodbye to him, but it was like really it was really horrible because, you know, the dad was in hospital and not kind of like looking like himself and just the the completely selfless act of the younger brother to give his brother that moment that he'd always wanted, which was that kind of nice moment of being able to say goodbye to his dad without the kind of the hospital bed and the tubes and everything else. And that's just like, what a what a lovely like way to to kind of end the film and to just that yeah it, i'm struggling to talk about it now because it's so bloody so bloody lovely <laughs> yeah and i think it's just what really struck me as well was i think the whole time you were expecting some kind of massive like philosophical moment like what are they going to talk about you know what, what what's the topic going to be and it was oh what would your wizard name be you know like just something yeah. silly that you've always wanted to know but that meant the world to him and that was so sweet yeah. because it doesn't have to be massively philosophical you know it was just it was a sweet moment and i was like that is just oh well done honestly um but <laughs> um lucy any final thoughts on the film or anything that we haven't uh covered yet and um your rating out of five i think that's everything to be honest i think i spoke about all of my emotional moments um and i think i would give it a solid four honestly i think it was it was above average but not quite perfect so it's a very comfortable four from me yeah i'm i'm pretty much uh agreeing with you on all aspects there i thought it was really funny i thought it was thrilling in a lot of places as well and exciting and kind of really tapped into that quest element and i thought it was great to see that in a very pixar way with that kind of lovely emotional storyline as well so i would also give it a four out of five and we have got some comments from people on twitter so thank you for people who responded to our tweet and have let them let us know their thoughts um so we've got uh at weak lemon drink wouldn't say it was classic pixar but it did manage to efficiently milk tears out of me at the end loved the mum. <laughs> i really like the phrase milk tears out of me <laughs> uh, and uh at j underscore Gini says i think it does a good job of encapsulating the nuanced intensity of siblinghood the sacrifice ian makes at the end felt like ultimate act of brotherly love and at big j loves films it's great it's everything you expect from pixar mature themes handled in a manner that is digestible relatable and overall fun for the whole family and finally at through the silver screen said pixar i've still got that magic another wonderful piece of storytelling that i think will resonate with anyone who has a brother so pretty much all positive there i'm surprised that no one uh maybe the people who didn't like it just uh, didn't see our tweet or didn't fancy letting us know but either way um thank you to all those people for getting in touch and now as we've kind of alluded to uh, and on the theme of pixar this week um we're gonna have a quick chat about our favorite pixar moment um so i have two and uh which one i share may depend on which one you share lucy just in case we have any crossover <laughs> 
So do you want to go first? Uh, your favourite Pixar moment or scene? Mine's probably in, like so predictable and everyone's going to like roll their eyes listening to this. But honestly, it's the opening scene from Up every time. Because Aww. if I want to have a cry, I'll just watch the opening scene to Up. <laughs> um, <laughs> it just gets me. It's just, it's the music. It's the transition between their life. It's the little message she writes to him at the end. You know, the one about going on an adventure and I'm just like oh god every time I just without fail it's such a gorgeous way to show a beautiful love story that ends in the death of one partner in such a quick space of time and I've never seen it done that well ever um and as someone who's a complete hopeless romantic and blah 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 it just it just got me (laughs) so that's mine I absolutely love that and it's not the one i've gone for so i'm i'm safe to share share my others but just quickly on yeah on how effective that opening scene is i mean it is literally like the first like five ten minutes of the film and it just you know exactly who these characters are you know exactly what they've been through and that's only the beginning and then the rest of the film is you know his adventures without her and that is obviously the kind of like the message she left behind was like you know go and have another adventure or go and have an adventure for me and i mean that whole film is just i honestly i don't think i've ever been able to get through the whole thing without crying and that's normally just the first the the, the opening that you're talking about <laughs> it's a bloody brilliant film like the whole thing but that is just such a special opening it really is it's so lovely. And like you said, the the music, the score in particular in that opening scene is so lovely. And that kind of motif that uh, repeats throughout the film, it kind of works in all settings and, you know, in the kind of like somber moments or in the kind of like upbeat adventure moments and just, oh, yeah. We, we should do a separate podcast on Up because I would love to talk about that film in <laughs> oh it's so great okay right before we get distracted talking nothing but up um so my favorite pixar moment um i changed my mind about three times as i was thinking about this today but i've finally settled on the one that i think uh not only is my favorite pixar moment but i can comfortably say it's the moment that i felt like my childhood was over and I was now an adult and it is the moment in Toy Story 3 when Andy says goodbye to his toys at the end of the film um oh I'm just I'm trying not to cry as I talk about it um so I grew up with these films as I'm sure um you did Lucy as well and a lot of other people kind of our age and I remember seeing the first film either at the cinema or absolutely wearing out the VHS tape uh, at home. And I just loved these films. And I kind of saw myself growing up, obviously, as Andy grew up in the films. And um, I can't remember what year the third one came out. A quick Google will answer that question for me. Uh, 2010. So, what, 10 years ago now? Oh, my gosh. Um so i was 18 maybe 19 um but kind of not too dissimilar in age to uh what andy is in that film as he's kind of like going off to college and facing like the next chapter of his life and just that film is an emotional roller coaster anyway because the scene when all the toys are like in the incinerator and you think they're gonna 
burn to death is just incredibly traumatic. But then the real emotional gut punch comes at the end when Andy takes his toys and uh, gives them to a new owner and he kind of talks her through all their all their personalities and the things they get up to and it's just such a lovely moment and as someone who has grown up with these films it's like I said it's I felt like I was watching my childhood end on screen which sounds really dramatic (laughs) but it was just like I was like that's it now like I'm an adult I this is this is my life I was like these are the and obviously at the time I was like this is the last Toy Story film as well so it was kind of like it's all over like this is this is it um and just the emotions that I felt watching that scene I don't know if I will ever feel those exact same emotions again because it's just a very specific time in my life that I was the age I was when I was watching that, where I was at, what I was kind of about to go on and do. In fact, I think it was like just before I started university as well. So like weird kind of like parallels. Um, And yeah, I just don't think that I will ever feel that way watching a scene in a film again, which is why I I had to pick it as my favourite Pixar moment. I think I could have about a hundred favorite Pixar moments. Um, do you have a do you have a, a a runner up or a second place one you want to give a very quick mention mm. to? I don't know. I feel like up for me is like blowing everything out of the water. And again, maybe that <laughs> maybe that's the generic thing to say, but I just feel that maybe there's. I, I'm with you on Toy Story though because I feel like everybody's done that. You know, like we we remember giving away our our toys. You know, like I I gave my toys away like our next door neighbor's child, for example um and I didn't want to <laughs> but you know I wasn't going to play with the dolls I wasn't going to play with all the like cute little things I had so somebody had to have them but I remember going that's it that's my childhood gone you know like I don't play dolls anymore you know I've got to grow yeah. up and you know get a job and all that you know it's, it's kind of it's just the inevitability of growing up and I think it's a great choice so um I would probably pick that somewhere as well and maybe something from Monsters Inc actually now I think about it Monsters Inc's great, but there's just so much. <laughs> my uh, my backup was uh, Inside Out, but I couldn't really pick one scene in Inside Out, so I think it was just going to be the whole of Inside Out, and then I thought that was maybe cheating a little bit to just <laughs> mention my favourite moment being an entire film. So, yeah, no, I'm <laughs> I'm happy with my choice. And, um, yeah, um, it would be great, actually, to... Uh, hear from uh people listening like if you have a particular favorite pixar moment uh maybe just in the form of a gif you can let us know and uh then we can just all have a big internet cry and hug together um so i think that's um almost us for the week um just a very quick uh highlight and shout out to our amazing patreons uh these are the guys who give at the top level um we love all of our patreons but these guys are so special that they get a mention on every podcast um so they are zoe baines daryl griffiths hugh adamson chris wilson and our newest patreon uh orla smith so thank you so much to you guys for um yeah just investing in us and um giving us your money and believing in what we do and we love you and you're great thank you um just a very quick highlight as well for some of the things we've got on the site so um 
Daryl has been uh, working his little socks off at Glasgow Film Festival and he's got loads of reviews up uh, for films that are coming coming out soon and some coming out at some point this year but yeah lots of great reviews on there some video reviews as well so make sure you go and check that out and also um you may have seen us uh plugging this somewhere on twitter or uh, certainly from jump cut but um mentioned the short film um i love you guys which is uh the a whole host of talent uh behind and in front of the camera but it is our very own jacob barnes who is producing that and um yeah they've got a kickstarter campaign going at the moment so um you can uh if you find jump cut on twitter you'll be able to find your way over there and yeah they've got a big target and they are not gonna do it if they don't get to that target or i don't know what happens if they don't get up to that target because we're not even considering that as an option they will get to their target and they will make an amazing short film at the end of it um so if you can spare any money for them that would be great and um yeah you can um find all of the links and stuff on jump cut um so that just leaves me to say thank you lucy for being a fabulous guest and do you have anything that you want to plug and anything else you want to say? And also where can people find you on, on the internet? First off, it's been a pleasure as always. It's been really fun talking about this film. Um, I do have a review up on Jump Cut at the minute. It's um, Escape to Pretoria. It's the new Daniel Radcliffe film. He does a really great South African accent actually. So I would recommend you go and watch that. Um, and in terms of where you can find me, I'm just at LGTHblog on all of the socials. And you can find me, I'm at Sarah Buddery on Twitter um, and most other places as well. And you can find all of us at jumpcast underscore. You can check out all of our written reviews, features, interviews, news and all the good stuff at jumpcutonline.co.uk and head straight to jumpcutonline.co.uk forward slash jumpcast to find out where you can find all of our podcast episodes and we'll be back or not me but someone else will be back uh, with our next episode uh, next monday see you then